0: So here we are in Revelation chapter 2, yay we made it, we're only three weeks in Revelation 1, but it was a lot of introductory stuff, I think we had to do that. We're going to do the next seven weeks into chapter 2 and 3, one week, one church, and there's enough there to fill our whole service. I want to say this also, before we start, and by the way, open up to Acts chapter 20, any good study of Revelation 2 verses 1 through 7 will start in Acts chapter 20, of course. But I want to say, I'm, every week I'm apologizing. We're going over five, ten, fifteen minutes. Forget the apologies. I'm going to suspend our eleven o'clock ending for the next period of whatever. I'm not going back to an hour and a half. I'm just we're going to get it in. And if I go over five or ten or fifteen minutes, and I'll try to keep it less than fifteen minutes at all times, then okay, fair enough. I, I it just. I don't want to, like, I feel like I'm skipping things and stuff that I feel like we should be talking about because I'm, you know, married to the clock there and I don't want to, and I'm afraid to go over. Well, I'm not going to try to go over. I'm just not going to be so nerved up about it as I have been in the past. Fair enough? Just for this time in Revelation, because like I want to do is I want to get the whole Ephesian letter taught. It's seven verses you think you, you should be able to do that. yeah you know, I might get some introductory stuff and so let's without any further ado, let's just jump right in. And we do well always to ask the blessing of God. Father, we get your word and we understand there's a blessing for reading, there's a blessing for hearing, there's a blessing for taking these things to heart and we want to do all three of those things today and we want to be blessed, Lord and you want to bless us. so here it is, a match made in heaven. The, uh, the blesser meets the blessed, and Lord, pour out your Spirit on us and thrill our hearts with what is here, and challenge us. There's, there's words of challenge here this morning. Challenge us, and, and, and Lord, if you bring about change in our lives, well, fair enough. Um, just be honored by this whole process as Jesus Christ is revealed to us in a way that he's never been before. We ask it in his precious name. Amen. In in Acts chapter 20, let's skip all the way down to verse 16. Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus. He wasn't going to Ephesus, he was going to sail right by it. Why? Because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be in Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So he goes to a place instead called Miletus, verse 17, and he calls to the elders of Ephesus to meet him there. It's a time-saving effort. He's going to be in Ephesus. He's going to be there a week or two. By the time he glad hands everyone, visits everyone. And so, you know, he can get this down to a few hours in My Leaders. You guys come down here. We'll have a little church service. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to share some things with you. We'll all hug and kiss. Right here on the shore by the boat, you know, we'll, uh, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And uh, everyone's going to hug him, and he's going to get on a ship, and off off he goes. And the things he has to say to the church at Ephesus. Now, we could go a long, long time talking about Ephesus, when it was founded, by who, uh, what it was all about, things of this nature. And that is very helpful in our study of what Jesus Christ says to the church. But we won't take that time now. And like I say, um, you know, if you really want to do that, Chuck Missler is probably one of the best who does that. He's gone, but all his YouTube videos are available and they're, he, he's exhaustive in his coverage of the book of, like, like Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And, um, I'm deeply indebted because he, I kind of like a, a devotee. I'm kind of a, disciple of Chuck Missler, and he's meant a lot to me over the years, and a lot of my thinking on this, I get from Chuck Missler. But anyway, Acts chapter 20, and uh, when they will come, that's to say the elders, he said unto them, you know, from the first day I came into Asia, what I, I, I've been with you, serving the Lord. Verse twenty. I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. Put that in the back burner for a second. I uh, uh, now I'm going to Jerusalem. Verse twenty-two. I don't know what's going to happen, except the Spirit saying that in every city bonds and afflictions wait me. Verse twenty-three. But I don't care about any of this stuff. None of these things move me. Verse twenty-four. I don't count my life dear unto myself. I want to finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. This is our farewell. I'm never going to see you guys again. And he knows this. Wherefore I take you to record this day, I am pure from the blood of all men. Say, what? How do he do that? Verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of god now take what i told you to put on the back burner of your mind bring it up to the forefront i've kept back nothing i've shared the i've shunned not to declare the whole counsel how do you do that how does one even do that well i would start in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and preach right through revelation chapter 22 verse 20 i think it is and not skip a verse and declare the whole counsel. i think it's the only way to do it and i think this, these verses on saying that verbatim. But I mean, you know how it is. People, you know, uh, giving's down. Hey, let's talk about tithing. Let's talk about next, uh, let's have a tithing January. We talk about tithing all the time. And, and let's uh, talk about faith. And let's talk about, you know, mercy. And let's talk about, and, you know, people teach topically. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I don't think so. But it's, my favorites and what I feel like, and there are some verses in here I wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole if I didn't have to uh because they're very controversial and because they're very uh I don't want to talk about this is about private stuff or bathroom stuff or diet stuff or I, 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 got, I want to t- so but now God says hey listen i'm I'm the lord over your kitchen." Over your love life, over your. I want, I got something to say to all, about all these things. I, I, sometimes I, I teach and I'm, I'm, I'm blushing the whole time. I'd skip that if I had my druthers, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't skip it. Why? I want to teach the whole counsel of God, and Paul's able to do that. Okay, this is just a side note, interesting enough. Take heed therefore, this is what I want to get to, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, now he's going to prophesy, I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Jude is writing about the grievous wolves that had come. Here, Paul's talking about the grievous wolves that are going to come. They're not going to spare the flock. Also, and when God is doing a work, will there be grievous wolves? Yeah. Yeah. Only always. Anywhere God's moving, Satan's actively moving too. And there's always grievous wolves. For I know after my departing shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And of course, his heart's involved in this because when you believe wrong, you live wrong. There's no two ways around it. I can give you example after example after example. We'll move on. Okay, Revelation chapter 2. Let's go right after for the reading and listening blessing right away, okay? First seven verses, he's writing to the church of Ephesus. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And has found them liars, and has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and is not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will move will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, while I give to eat of the tree of life, which, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. God blesses word to our hearing. And of course he does, and of course he will. Now I have a couple of notes here. This Letters to the churches. I think the seven. I think th- this is the most important section of the book of the Revelation. Hurry up and get to the Antichrist part and the Mark of the Beast and and all. we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't think that's what the book's about. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you love Jesus, you're gonna love this book. If you love Antichrist and all this, there's plenty of woo kind of Twilight Zoneish way out there kind of stuff that you can look. See your heart's content on YouTube and whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. You want to learn about Jesus Christ? I think you come to the right place. Now, in each letter has basically a sevenfold, more or less, a sevenfold structure. You're saying imagine my surprise, seven parts to every letter. I say more or less, because each church will have a concern that Jesus expresses. Like, uh, like, you left your first love, for instance. But to two churches, he doesn't have any words of uh, condemnation at all. The sevenfold structure is this. This is to this church, all right? The recipients is one. The title of the Messiah, which he borrows from chapter one, that's why we went over that at length. That's pertinent to that church. Uh, three, a commendation. This is what you're doing excellent, commendable, very good, keep up the good work kind of stuff. Then a concern. Some people say condemnation, semantics, whatever you think. Is he condemning certain things? Sometimes vociferously. Sometimes a gentle, like, hey, you got to watch it out, watch here kind of thing. And then uh, there's an exhortation. Because you're doing this wrong, this is what I want you to do in light of that. And he exhorts. I, I kind of like leads, uh, I, I need you to, you know, do this—a uh, remedy to the concern, if you will. Uh, and then uh, a call for the, to the, those who have ears, let them hear. You say, well, everyone's got ears, you know. A couple of them, the way I see it. Pablo Picasso doesn't fellowship here. Everyone's got at least two of them. Not so. I have found that some people have three or four or five ears, and they're v- everything that God says they take right to their heart, and they're very sensitive to. And some people don't have any ears whatsoever. Some have one ear, and it's on its last legs, and ear on its legs. You know what I mean. It's getting clogged, and it's bogged down, and it's got a lot of other things it's listening to, and it hardly has any patience or any time for the things of the Spirit of God, these ears. And some people are have two ears, and they listen. And they hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Not everyone has an ear to hear. And everyone has appendages on the side of the head. They hold up our glasses or our earrings. Great, whatever. But that's not doesn't mean we necessarily we have an ear to hear. And he's talking to those who have an ear to hear. And then the seventh part is a promise to the overcomer. Sometimes that's, it's kind of like a postscript, but sometimes in the body of the letter. And we'll show you why those things, and we'll, we'll talk about these things. But anything, just by way of, so almost all the letters have all these sections, okay? This is to the angel of the church of Ephesus. I want you to write this, Jesus says. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the middle uh, of of the seven golden candlesticks. What is that all about? Well, that comes back from chapter 1, verse 20. See, uh, verse 12 says, I turned to see a voice who spake with me, and behold, uh, being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Okay? And then, in verse 16, in his right hand, he had seven stars. So, Jesus refers back to chapter 1. He says, okay, the one who's writing to you is the one who has in his hand the seven stars, who's walking in the middle of the seven candlesticks. This is comfort and comfort to a church named Desired One, or in our vernacular, Darling. Is that important? All the names of the churches are going to become Prophetic and important to us. And I want you to remember them as we go through. Hey, darling, he's saying, this is what I'm I'm writing to you. Um, This is, I want to introduce this idea. It is controversial. And you don't have to buy into it because I think so. But I do think so. And it's a kind of an idea that's kind of fallen on, fallen into disfavor. I think the seven churches lay out the church age in advance. Because you've got to remember, this was written in 95, 96 A.D. And Jesus says, this is how it's going to play out. And if you put these churches in any other order, it's not going to work. What I'm just saying there. Now some people, and I'll just be honest, some people say, well this is a very western idea and you're talking about the church in the west. And I'm thinking, what are you on about? Not, what. Church, there's only one church, and it's the same church throughout the whole, you know, when we talk about the early church, we're talking about Jerusalem, when it happened. we're not talking about the church in Washington, D.C., we're talking about the history of the church, the only church, and if you're worshiping God and you're in China and you love Jesus, you, it's the same church history, and it, I think it played out the same way over the ages, and when Jesus comes back, the last four churches are going to be the four churches that he's going to encounter. Now, Having said that, at every age, there's some of the elements of these churches in all churches. That's why in 21st century, in central Maine, God can say, if you have an ear to hear, it's not just that I wrote to Ephesus 2,000 years ago. I'm writing to you, and I'm exhorting you, and I'm challenging you, and I have some commendations for you, and I've got some concerns for you. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, there was an actual church in Ephesus, and I want us to understand that. But if we're going to consign this to 2,000 years ago, this church lived, and Jesus wrote this, yawn. I mean, who cares? I, I, I say this. I say this. Look, I, those of you who are Wednesday night people, and I'm not trying to differentiate, make you know, a super group within the church. I understand people have you have lives. You have. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're looking at the book of Numbers. Four thousand years ago, these dusty, dry people came out of Egypt into the Promised Land. And they spent forty years walking in the wilderness. Who cares? Well, we do, because we understand that. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the things that were written aforetime were written for our edification, for our learning. And, the, and it, then it goes on to talk about the different things that were encountered with Baal, their, their uh, you know, disenfranchisement at the waters of Meribah. When they, when they did this and they worshiped the golden calf, and, and it goes and talks about all these, they were written for us, for our admonition, it says. And then when we understand, oh my goodness, 4,000-year-old history, this is like fresh fresh tomorrow's newspaper, except this is true. It, this is like, has a, a freshness to it. Oh, I see us. I'm looking at a mirror. I see how I am. I see, and, and it is very, very beneficial. We don't take history lessons here. Who cares about four thousand year old history? Except as it applies to the things that we're going through right now. And have you seen that in the Book of Numbers? Have have I kind of brought that out a little, fleshed it out? I think so. It challenges my heart in 21st century America. It's crazy, but but so don't consign us all oh, that group Ephesus way back then, Eastern Turkey. Who cares, right? We care. You have an ear to hear. This is written to you for today. Uh, This is written to the Church of Ephesus, darling. And I think this is the apostolic church, okay, historically. These things saith, he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. The seven stars are the seven angels. Read here, messengers. I think... And I could be wrong, and you don't have to agree with me. I think he's writing these to the seven pastors of the seven churches. Why do you think that? Duh, I want to think that. And I just have a hard time thinking Jesus writes letters to churches. I mean, writes letters to angels. By the way, some of these letters have condemnation in it. Do angels have condemnation? I think there's two classes of angels. Perfect angels, heavenly angels, and fallen angels. I don't think there's like Clarence angels who are going to earn their wings by doing good deeds when they come back and help people. I don't th- they are for helping people, but they're not ex-human beings. They were created before humanity came. At least 6 days before humanity came as we would count days. I think they were round God created them separate act of creation and then they watched, they beheld his glory as he created. That's what I think. I think we can prove that from the book of Job, among other places. And then there was rebellion that I think involved a third of the angels, and I think we'll encounter this in the book of the Revelation, and they fell. So there's not these different stripes. There's not this, like, God write to an angel, you know what you got to do? You've left your first love, and you've got to repent. Or else I'm going to remove your candlestick. Now, he could write that to a pastor, could he not? So I think it's written to pastors, messengers, and by the way, you say Angels aren't pastors. The word angelos in Greek means messenger. He says, I send my messenger before your face, talking about John the Baptist. No, John the Baptist was no angelic being, as we would think of that. So the word means messenger, and it may be written to the pastors, and I think it is. Small point, but I like the fact that he's got, in his hand, pastors. I love that, because I always think, like, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Where am I? Right here. You you removing me? Yeah, good luck on that. But you think, well, what about us? Well, he's walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks. He's 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 among us. He's but we should know that anyway. He promised two or three gathered in my name. I'm going to be right there in the midst. Where else would he be? Uh, where else would he be? But with his darling. Now you who uh, are in love, who have been in love, think about that. Time when you—it'll be very, very helpful. Think about that time when you were in love for the first time, when you wrote his name, your name, and his last name in your notebook, 173 times, you know, and you were just thinking about him and just so obsessed. And you know, he—whatever he did, whatever was just so magical, and whatever she did was so wonderful. And you took money out of your wallet and you handed it to her. (laughs) <laughs> Things like that, like crazy stuff, like I, hey, listen, I know, I know, my brothers here. You guys are, you guys got this down, but not everybody does. He's got problems with the church. Okay, I know you're, he's gonna you. He's going to give the commendation first. This is commendable stuff. I know your works. Is that is that a blessing to you that he knows your works? I hope I hope it is because I hope you're doing a lot of stuff. Lord, you're, you're, I, I don't want to do this. I'm doing this for your sake, for your benefit, and you're checking this out, right? Listen, you get a cup of cold water given his name, you won't lose your reward. He knows our works. Okay? He he the, the grandson asked his grandfather, Does God see everything that we do? Grandfather wise answer said, He loves us so much he can't take his eyes off of us. Good answer, good answer. His thoughts to you are more than the sand by the seashore. Does he know your works? Yeah. I know your labor. I know how you're working. I know your patience. It doesn't mean like ability to wait. It means to bear up under. Bad things are happening and you're hanging on and you're hanging on and you're hanging on. And how much thou cannot bear them which are evil. He is, likes the fact that we hate evil. Really. And some of you guys score really high marks there. Okay? and has tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars. That is not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. And if you want to be politically correct, you're not going to be very biblically correct, only ever. Some people are liars. It's not just, well, they're they're sincere. Well, they're sincerely liars. It doesn't matter. And... Paul says they're going to be people are going to come in. They're grievous wolves. They're going to try, and some of your own people are going to, you know, raise up and and, try and teach perverse things. Why? To draw people after themselves, because so they'll have a following. Because that's what wolves can't hide their fangs forever. Some people say some things. I'm just saying, oh, it's kind a little off. And you just kind of hang back and you wait and you pray. Will a wolf reveal himself? Yeah, yeah. By what they eat. Sheep eat grass, wolves eat sheep. And you can, and and he gives a warning to the Ephesians, Paul does, at Miletus, that apparently they took right to heart. And they said and they, so they're on the on the lookout for these false teachers, these apostles. Are there apostles nowadays? They're not. Some people do apostolic kind of work. And I'm glad that God raised up those people. They're not apostles who like write scripture anymore. And so people who say they're apostles, you say, No, no, no. You remember they saw the risen Jesus Christ. They were aware of his ministry. And those were like qualifications for apostles. After you know, Judas hung himself and they were looking for another apostle to fill his shoes. One of the things they had to do, they had to be with Jesus taught his whole ministry. They had to understand, and they had to witness, physically see the resurrected Jesus Christ. So to that end, there are no apostles. I understand apostle means sent one, and there are ones who are sent out to do sent out type work. I get that, but you're not one of the 12. You're not, if you're doing apostolic work, your name is not in one of the foundation stones of New Jerusalem. You're not an apostle. You're not one of the 12 in that sense, Okay. And so some will go, oh, I'm an apostle, Joe, and I've, you've got to do this. And, got and uh, Ephesus says, yeah, not so much. There's the door. You want us to help you find it, or you think you can find it yourself? And they had no, no time for these false apostles. And they realized they were liars. And Jesus commends them. Does Jesus want us to know the truth? Listen, truth is hard. Truth is hard to find out. You know, uh, can I, can I just talk about, uh, I'm not going to talk to you whether you should get this vaccine or not. I'm not going to, I'm going to say, ferret out the truth for yourself. There's plenty on the internet about this. Um, it's got uh, nanobots in it, and it's going to turn you into a cyborg. There's stuff there. Now listen, listen, this is your health we're talking about, right? I'm not a doctor. What's the truth? Well, that's hard. That's hard to find out, to figure out through all that, all the stuff that's out there. You know, it, it's hard to, but here you have the spirit of truth. Will he lead us into all truth? Scripture says so. Scripture says so. Um, was, the, was the election, was that stolen? Was there fraud? Was there bad things? Gee, I think so. How, was it enough to make the, the outcome different? Again, what do you want to read? There's so much stuff out there and there's so many obstacles to finding the truth. We have people who are committed to falsehood in America in the 21st century. People will look at you and they will lie to you. Say, Adam, not surely that can't happen. Anyone hear of Russian collusion? Two and a half, three years of hoax? It was a hoax. People will lie to you. I'm not trying to get political, but I understand that just because we have this this, this resource, the internet, we have this—it's like this vast wealth of information. Much of it is how you can How do you figure out the real from? And God says, "Listen, about theology, you found those who were wrong. You found them to be liars. Good work. Everything you have to know about the Bible, right here, it's in the Bible. And I don't know about vaccines. I, I honestly, I'm not a doctor. Listen." I know this. You put your this in here and live it out and you'll do fine. And people say, well, you know, Jesus Christ wasn't really, uh, uh, you know, the God. He was a created being. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa stop, stop. There's the door. I ain't got time for you and your foolishness. That's wrong. And Jesus says, commendable, good work. It's not every, your truth and my truth are the same truth. It, who cares? It's all good. It's all as an American citizen, but not as a scriptural. T- no, no, there's difference. You, you understand? Uh, you try them to say impossible and not. You found them lies, and you've borne and you had patience for my name's sake. You've labored, and labored there means to the point of exhaustion, and you have not fainted. Good work. This is very commendable. And now you get thumbs under the suspenders like, you know, great. Got a report card. It's all A's going good. Nevertheless, uh, you know, right? The boss calls you. He called me in last week. Adam, I got some good news and some bad news. The bad news wasn't very bad. and The good news was very good. So it worked out good for me. But you know how it is. You know when somebody reviews you and you, you oh, you're doing this, you're doing this. You high marks. Okay, now let's look at the, uh right? But this is Jesus Christ, y'all. I, I don't. My prayer, Lord, what, what part of me are you not Lord over? What, what do you dislike about the way I'm acting? What? Hey, let's get this out in the open. Give me a chance to repent. Show me what upset you. I want that. I. I don't want it, but I want it. You know what I mean? Um, my wife is not an nag. I've said that before. If she has something that she wants to talk to me about, she usually prefaces it with, I, now I know you're a good man, and I know you're trying hard, and I know that, and, and she just kind of builds me up, and then she says, basically, nevertheless, but, and it's hard to get mad at somebody who tells you how wonderful, how great, how tremendous you are, but I have this, you can't leave your filthy socks on the floor. One, my socks are never filthy, and two, I don't leave them on the floor. Whatever whatever the issue is, right? And by the way, you have to give your spouse a chance to air out problems, right? Anyway, so this is Jesus saying, I have this problem. He's given us all the commendation. Now he has a problem, a concern. I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Now they haven't left Jesus. That's not the issue. They haven't lost their first love. They left it. You've abandoned the love that you had at first. Put it that way, and that's why I said you remember when you used to show up someplace and you were wearing the same sweater and the notebook thing and all that, and you were dizzy in love. You were just you were obsessed. You couldn't think about anything. You remember that? Shame on us if that time has passed. Women want romance. They want us to still have that. They they want us to have that that that. You, you would go out of your you you show up at a house right with your hair combed. <laughs> you'd get out of your car. You'd open the door for her. You you know now you just can you. Close the door so I get. You, gotta wait till, you can't even wait till she's all in the car before you start backing up. May, not you, not you. People will listen online, and those people there, okay? Not you. I know you're so much better than this. But do we not? After a while, it's not like our bride. It's our wife. And we might as well be saying the ball and chain. Ugh, the wife. I hate that. I hate that attitude. Jesus hates that attitude. You remember ladies when your husband was just like oh, your whole life was just if you couldn't have me you just I I die I'll die I die if he doesn't notice me oh it's going to be and your husband Jesus Christ hey darling your husband Jesus Christ says this is against you You've left your first love. Remember that, how you were so obsessed with me and you drove everybody crazy and I, it was Jesus, 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 all the time, Jesus. I like that. I want that back, Jesus would say. Have you, now listen, do you have an to here? Have you left your first love? Have you, that love that you had at the first time, is that a thing of the past? You said, "You know, I went. I came. I, I came all the way to Earth. I incarnated through a, a virgin's womb. I, ha- I went through the birth process. I grew up. You know, I was at an awkward stage where my voice changed. I worked at my father's carpenter shop. I got blisters. I got breathed in sand, uh, sanding dust. I, 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 I." I, I Work like a drudge. I lived a perfect life and then I went to the cross to die for you so I could get a bride so that we could hang out, so we could be together, so we could have this love relationship. And you remember how it was in the days when you first realized how much I had sacrificed for you and know, how much I gave for you and and how I had given my life and how, you remember how, how that was? Why? Like, that was so cool. I want that. I want that back. I, I think I understand that. Have I left my first love? There are times in my life where Jesus is less important than other times. There are times when other things kind of rise in to take his place and I have to combat them all the time. And then there is like that, that, that settling in where husband and wife settle in and there's, there's no magic. There's just, you ever heard the three-ring circus? You know, the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the suffering. And now they're in that suffering, just barely tolerating each other phase. that. I hope your marriage never looks like that. But unless we're very, very conscientious, it can descend into that. And Jesus says, I don't want that. You remember how you were on fire? How you were just like so zealous. with I want that. I want that first love we're looking at a church who hasn't kicked Jesus out like the Laodicean church we're looking at a church who's just let their love cool and I think if Jesus is saying anything he's saying you can change that and as a matter of fact he does Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen. He looks at that as a fall, as a setback, as it used to be up here, and now it's down here. You've fallen. Remember wherefore you are fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or else. When Jesus says, or else, that's a real or else. I can say, or else, and maybe it won't come true. Jesus says, or else, and... What is? Or else what? I will come unto thee quickly, suddenly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of this place, except thou repent. Wash, rinse, repeat. Do what you did, right? Clean up. Do it again. What, What? What's the? What's the issue? What? What? What was wrong? What? Okay, get rid of that and do what you. And that. That's. I say repent is a glorious, is a wonderful word. Um, did Ephesian church repent? Ephesus was a beautiful right by the it was a harbor, deep seaport and it was very wealthy because of commerce and trade and then if not, it's about four miles inland. It's like, did it move now? It's Just like four miles of marsh because sediment happened and didn't have dredging equipment like we have now. And so that wonderful harbor is not even used anymore, the way I understand it. Did they turn back? I don't think so. Is there a church at Ephesus anymore? Not to my knowledge. Most of these churches, by the way, in Turkey today, Turkey's not friendly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. By the way, they're all in modern-day Turkey. Um, I don't think they... Repented. I think he removed the, the candlestick out of his place. You say, oh my goodness, are going to take God's going to take our candlestick. Woo woo, big deal. Oh, listen, listen, listen. It's a very, 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 very big deal. When Jesus removes the candlestick, it's over. Over. Game set match. It's over. When Jesus removes the light of His countenance, the light of His presence in the church. Close the doors, what do you want to keep going for? when you show up for a church that jesus doesn't go to what are you what are you doing what a, what a huge waste of time you'll you'll come in an empty room I I certainly won't be here in the sense that Jesus' is all done with his church I, I'm all done with it. I, 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 I'm go to a church where Jesus has where we love him and where he loves us and we do that first this is like an either or it's not like degrees. It's like you'll do this or i'm not I don't I don't I want that. I'm not having that. I'm having that first love relationship with you or I'll have it with the church down the road this is this is big, big doings. listen. You got an ear here? Verse 6, but this thou hast. I'll give you this. You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Yay, what are you talking about? Now, there's, some will say there's this bishop, early uh, Nicholas, and that's from Acts, where they picked the seven deacons. You remember that? And one of them is named Nicholas, who later on gave rise to this, this, this false doctrine called Nicolaitanism. But you can't find that anywhere in Scripture. You can't find that anywhere extra Scripture. It's just a hypothesis, and I think, it's, I think it falls under its own weight. I think the, to, to discover what Jesus is saying, we look at the word Nicolaitans, Nike. Anyone wear Nikes today? It's okay if you are. It's okay if you're not. It's fine. We, we like Nike. So you solution it today? It, it, means, it means conquer. Nikeo is the goddess of conquest. And Nike f- flashed on that and they said, okay, Nike shoes, conquer. You know, go out there on the basketball court and just conquer. It's good. It's good marketing. Well, they make good sne- I think they do make good sneakers. Now, whether the company's wonderful, I'm not trying to promote Nike over because you got Adidas and you're going to come up after and yell at me. No. Nope. Conquer Laity. Laetons. Laeron, Laodiceans means the laity decides, the rule of the laity. (laughs) That's something that makes Jesus want to throw up in his mouth, okay? But this is conquest of the laity. What do you mean? (sighs) I have a bride, okay? If you try to get between me and my bride, oh my goodness, your life is, ugh, it's not going to go well. Um, People do this all the time. Remember, Jesus died. What happened? Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Earthquake, remember? The veil of the temple. Rent from top to bottom. Everyone can go into the Holy of Holies now. There's nothing between. Is this what God was saying? Of course he was. Dramatically so. And then what happened over the course of time? Veil menders, no doubt. People put their veil back in place. That temple is going to be there until A.D. 70 when it's destroyed by Titus the Spasian. There were veil menders. Did God make his point? Yes. Well, we have veil menders, people who would get between us and the Lord. The way to God is open through the death of Jesus Christ. Now we have people who would get between us. Some of them would speak Latin. Some of them would have collars on backwards that would be called Father. Oh, you don't have to be Catholic to be, uh, to have veil menders because there are people who, in, in Christianity, especially back along, they had this thing called the shepherding movement where, you know, your shepherd would tell you who you could date, whether you could buy a, take this job, whether you could buy a washing machine or not. Veil menders. Like people who are between you and the object of your, your darling. Like I say, you try to get between me and my wife, ooh, I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what, funny clothes you wear. It's not going to go well with you. And again, you think I'm picking on Catholics. Listen, Revelation, will pick on Catholics and Protestants. I don't care what side you're on. You'll get offended, okay? There's plenty here to say. I don't care. You're not standing between me and my bride. That's what Jesus says. And there are those who would would conquer the laity. Jesus says, I went through all this so that I could be with you. You could be my darling. You could be my sweetheart. We could have that espousal love. That and now someone's gonna come between us? No, I don't think so. Don't you hate that? Jesus hates that. And it's the only thing in the New Testament he says he hates. I hate that, Jesus says. I hate that too. And if you hate that too, anyone be coming between you and God. I I certainly would never play that part. I just read the Bible, you pray, you hang out with God, you pig out. I'm not I'm not here to stand between you and I'll pray with you, I'll pray for you, I'll help you know God better, stand between, oh my goodness, no, Jesus hates that. I hate it. And if you hate it, that's commendable. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Has this resonated with you? It's supposed to, it's designed to. And if it hasn't, maybe that's my fault. But if you have an ear, Lord, have I left my first love? Is it like it was in the days of our espousal when I first knew you? Is it is it like that now? Do you have something against me? Do you want to tell me? I'll I'll, I'll repent. I'll change it. If you don't do that, candlestick gone. To him that overcometh, he's promised to the overcomer. He ends here, and I'll end here. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The word paradise there, Eden, is paradise as we would think of it. Um, it me- literally means garden. There's a tree in a garden, huh? I read that somewhere before. Of life, and we'll we'll find out that later in Revelation chapter twenty. The tree of life has twelve types of fruit, and it bears its fruit every month. Wow, because ours is only bear once a year, right? Our fruit trees. And is it like twelve kinds every month, or is it just like every month, like fruit of the month club? I don't know. I don't really care all that much. But imagine like just walking and, you know, here you are hanging out in heaven. You're walking around like you own the place because, oh, you do. And, oh, here's a tree of life. Oh, oh, it looks like some kind of pear looks like to me. And you just go and you pick one and you eat it. And then it is like kind of like a pear except all the bad. It's soft. And like the juice is just dribbling off your godly, perfect chin. And it's so tasty. And you're thinking, like, oh, oh, this is amazing. Come here, grab one of these. Here, eat this. And she's like, oh, that's amazing. And is that a blessing? Kind of. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm in heaven eating, which is, I don't know about you, one of my favorite occupations. And yeah, I know it shows. But does God know how to bless or what? You can't eat of the tree of life now. You don't want to live like this eternally in this fallen state. But when you're perfect and you've got that resurrected body—the one that never has bad breath, that never has a runny nose, that never has the hair out of, of place—that body, you're gonna live forever like that. Oh, cool! Thanks, Lord. Listen, man. You have an ear to hear what God's saying. There's some commendable stuff here. Take that with. There's a big, big warning. IU of the church says left its first love. You know what you got to do in that situation? Just repent. That's all. Lord, you're right. I was wrong. I've, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been kind of going through the motions. Yeah, I read my Bible. Yeah, I pray. Yeah, I tell us about Jesus. But I'm not insane like I once was. I'm not like off my rocker in love with you like I once was. What's wrong with me? Lord, restore. Give me that first love. Will he be anxious to do that? You decide. Let's pray. And listen, I'm going to be around later on. If you need to prayer, you don't have to come to me and pray. I'm, I'm not a veil mender. You can pray all by yourself. You can pray with somebody. But I'm here in case you want to have prayer time. Just letting you know. Okay, let's stand. Let's Let's have a... Let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for uh, letting us know what's on your heart. And Lord, I like to think that we all have an ear to hear. Make that so. I mean, make that so in our lives. We want to be able to see truth. We want to be like those Ephesians who ferreted out the truth and we had no uh, time for those who try to lie to us. Make all these things, Lord, true of this church and true of us as individuals. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.